Hey friends, Brad and I started Batship because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you. Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll touch on several illnesses, Batshit is focused on those along the spectrum of bipolar disorders. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. And we're both bipolar. So strap in and let's see how batshit we really are. Spoiler alert, pretty damn batshit. This episode's topic, medication. Oh, God, medication. Not the fun kind. No, which is booze uh, for me, personally. Um, Medication is such a hot-button issue with Mm -hmm. everyone. And I'm not just talking about the anti-vaxxers out there who... We're not even. That's a totally different podcast. We yeah. talk about that. Yeah, those those people aren't listening. Yeah. To this <laughs> those podcast. people don't think this is a real thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think that's the. I think that's the most interesting thing for me about being bipolar is medication because I've been self medicating for years without realizing it. And a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. And and your self medication can be any number of things. Like for me, it's alcohol. Alcohol is my self-medication. If I'm depressed, I want to drink. If I'm manic, I feel like I need to drink. And if I'm just even, I'm trying to get to one of those two places, so let's drink. And alcohol has always been that for me. It's been my way to deal with social anxiety. It's been my way to deal with heartache or uh, loss. It's been my way to celebrate. And I think a lot of people use it for that. If it's in a measured way, you know, it's like, don't get me wrong. I still drink. I still love, we both have scotch right now. Yeah. It's but. good scotch, dude. What is, what is this? Lord Elko. Lord Elko. If you're looking for a great smooth finish, Lord Elko scotch. No. Um, by it's, the way. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like somebody's D&D character. It does, Lord Elko. I am Lord Elko. <laughs> Fear my broadsword. Um, anyway, sorry, getting back on topic. Uh, self-medicating versus actual medication. So, we're both on medication right now. Um, Brad, what are you on? I'm on Lamotrigine. Yeah, I am as I ahead. just got up to 100 milligrams. Okay, so you're taking 100 milligrams a day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I am also on, uh, it's the the uh, generic form of Lamictal. Um, I am on 100 milligrams of Lamictal. I'm also on uh, 450 grams of Wellbutrin daily. Is that for uh, the depression? The depression. Yeah. So I was originally diagnosed just, you have depression. That's what you have. And my psychiatrist, and this is no way her fault, saw my, re- I mean, you know, she talked to me. She understood why I was going to her. And that's what she saw. She saw the depressive states. And that's why she ended up giving me the Wellbutrin. Um, after, a, you know, six to eight months with her, she's like, we're missing something. We're missing something. You know, you're talking to me right now, and it happened during one of our conversations where I was, like, manically pacing around the office, doing 16 things at the same time. She's like, you sound 
over, like you're, you're doing too much at the moment. She's, I'm like, oh, this is how I feel when I'm just going. She's like, this sounds manic. And I go, what's manic? And it's <laughs> <laughs> while I'm juggling chainsaws. <laughs> and that's when I got on the Lamech doll. Because, and, oh, my God, it's just a world of difference. A world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've I've read the statistics. Uh, 60% of bipolar patients, once they find the right medication, and that can be a difficult thing in and it of is. itself. Yes. But once they find the right medication, they can go the rest of their lives without an episode. Wow, really? Yeah, without 60%. Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that, that gives me a lot of hope. Sure. And that also makes me furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember once, this a couple of years ago, I had a friend, and she was going through some stuff, and she was like, oh, man, I'm depressed. And, you know, she had great health coverage, so I'm like, see if you can talk to someone. And she went, and she talked to someone, and uh, they diagnosed her as depressed, and they gave her something for it. And I'm trying, it's like the typical, this is what you get when you're depressed. It's, Lithium? Nope, nope. It's like, it's what everybody made fun of in, like, stand-up routines. Valium? Mm. Prozac? Prozac. Thank okay. you. There it is. They gave her Prozac, and like I saw her two weeks later, and she's like, I feel amazing. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, what do you mean you feel amazing? Even on all of my drugs, I never feel amazing. I just yeah. don't feel as shitty as I normally do. That's me. Like The, yeah. um, the thing that's been interesting, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right. That like, oh, I, I should feel amazing. Um, but uh, the thing I've noticed as, as my... Lamotrigine dosage slowly went up, mm-hmm. and it started building up in my system. I think it was about the point that I hit seventy-five milligrams. Okay, um, I suddenly just got calm, right? And my mind stopped racing. We uh, we talked last episode about how a lot of times uh, the bipolar brain, your thoughts are so cluttered, it feels like somebody opened up your skull and dumped a bunch of minnows inside yeah, yeah, yeah. to just swim around and bounce around. And that stopped. I've got like one like lethargic salmon now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, Brad, because I look at you and I think, lethargic salmon. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of you know, fits. <laughs> most people do. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, so that that my mind feels clear mm-hmm. and uh, the racing thoughts have stopped. And I, I feel c- like really calm all the time. For instance, my uh, my MacBook the other day. Okay. I, uh, I had a deadline. I'm a screenwriter. I sat down, opened up my MacBook. Screen was busted. Ooh. And it had been setting over where my kids had been playing. Really? And so I immediately knew. I was like, wow, those little bastards. <laughs> One of them did that. God dang. One of them to my loins. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would have used to, I would have had one of two responses. I would have either gotten really pissed off at that. Mm-hmm. They were already in bed, but I, I just would have like cussed to the ether. And then my wife would have been like, what the f- is wrong with you? Right. What are we doing? We can say the F word. It's yeah, we can say, let's say yeah. it's called bad shit. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. What the fuck is wrong with there you? That's is. what she would say. Um, and, uh, I like how you self-edited. I, well, you know, I used to do morning radio. Right. So it's, well, you uh, also have kids, so I get why you would like edit. Oh, no. I cuss like crazy in front of my kids. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so I would either have that response or I would go the other way if I was kind of on the depressive end of the spectrum okay. and just be like, why does this shit always happen to me? Yeah, why, why you know, me? Why, why me? me? Yeah. Right, exactly. And I didn't have either of those responses. I sat there and I looked at it for 30 seconds and I was like, you know, I've got, a, I've got an old MacBook upstairs that the internet doesn't work on. I wonder if I could take the, the screen out of that and put it on this. Let me research how to do that. And so instead of having an emotional reaction to the problem, I was able to calmly say, how can I fix this problem? And now you can work at the Genius Bar if yeah. necessary. Yeah. Did you really fix the screen on your Mac? What, no, what I ended up doing is I discovered that the, the other Mac, uh, it, it, 
it's a long story, but I discovered <laughs> what the problem was with that, and it was a much easier fix. Oh, okay. So I, I did that. Because I was about to be super impressed. Yeah. <laughs> but, super impressed. you know, I almost I almost uh, tempted it, though, but it requires uh, special tools of that course I didn't it have. Yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's Apple. Because it's Apple, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You're probably listening to this podcast right now on Apple <laughs> Music. Uh, is Apple Music still a thing? Yeah, Apple Music is a thing. You get okay. your podcast through Apple. You get uh, through Apple or Spotify, the two big okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was the uh, that's the thing I've noticed with Lamotrigine that I like mm-hmm. is it, it lets me be calm, it lets me be clear headed, mm-hmm. and it takes off the tops of the highs and the lows. Right now, the thing that sucks with that is once you become calm and clear headed, you suddenly start thinking about all the shit oh, you did dude. when you were manic, oh, dude. <laughs> and the guilt and the shame. Oh, man, <laughs> you don't in. need to. Yeah, it's because you are in a fog. When you're in a depressive state, you or this is me. I'm speaking for myself. Everybody has different reactions, right? But for me, I'm like walking through, you know, the Scottish, you know, Scottish uh, uh, countryside with the fog just coming up. Like that's how I feel. I feel like I can't see through anything. Adam, Adam, you're on the moors. <laughs> nope, Get off the nope, moors. Nope, nope. Uh, there are uh, ghost dogs <laughs> ghost. out here. <laughs> uh, thank you for saying moors. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> but then when I'm in the manic highs. Right? It's like I'm flying through the air and it's a cloudless day and everything's beautiful. Right? And so it's up there or it's down there. So when I got on my meds and all of a sudden I was just walking, you know, on, I'm really messing up my metaphors today, uh, walking on, you know, like even ground. And I could look up and I could look down at where I had been and where I want to go. And you just see all the things, all the choices you made. And you, you start being like, oh my God. Yeah. What a... What was I doing? It, yeah, the, it's so hard to explain the shame yeah. that comes when you've when you've had mania. Yeah, and and the way that you treat people, the actions you take, you're mm-hmm. so out of character. Yeah, um, there's a great video I'd watched on uh, YouTube with this uh, psychiatrist, uh, double board certified Dr. Dominic Sportelli. Yes, I yes. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. yeah so yeah, great great yeah, resource. Yeah. And, um, but he was talking about how he would have patients that would act completely out of character while they were manic. And then he had one patient who disappeared for a week, had ended up renting a penthouse in Manhattan for the whole week and, um, just filled it with prostitutes. And this, this guy was like an accountant or something. He'd never done anything like this before in his life. And he does this manic episode and just boom, goes off the rails. He's doing coke, he's gambling, you know. And, um, and, and, and the messed up part is, is like he's had manic episodes before, but it was never that. Never right? that bad. It was never that bad. That's how I was last year. Right. Like I can look back on my life and I've had manic episodes my entire life. Yeah, exactly. But last year, it got bad. Mm-hmm. And so getting clear headed, the shame that comes with that. Mm. And you start feeling, I, I don't know how other people deal with this. And I don't know if this is the right way to deal with it. But I basically treated it like AA. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now I'm on my step where I have to make amends. Yeah. You know, and just started reaching out to everybody and be like, hey, can we get coffee? I wanna I wanna tell you why I did that right. stuff. Well, and at, <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's like it, it is like that is another form of medication, right? It's like trying to heal these fractures that you've created yeah. in your life. And and speaking about it or addressing it or even confronting the person like there's a reason there are 12 steps to AA, and one of them is like seeking uh forgiveness yeah right because that in and of itself is a form of medication and if if that's the form you need it to take like i mean that's amazing because there's a lot of people who don't have that strength yeah. they don't have this i mean oh my god the number of people 
right, that I have hurt in my life, and I have not had the balls to go back. Oh, it's and, tough. Yeah, because it's tough. And, and the other thing too is you didn't know you were bipolar until recently. Yeah. You were not on meds till recently. So you have been not been even for a long for, for a long time. time, right? So you're yeah. looking back and you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. I remember what I did to my high school girlfriend. Oh, completely. Or completely. like, "Oh my god, that friend I treated in college, why would I ever?" And all of a sudden you're remembering these things and you're yeah. Oh man. I and I see so I would have I would have years where looking back on things I think I I would have periods where I would go a couple of years without having an episode at all. Okay. And then I would have years where it was just like boom, 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 boom. Okay. Constantly like cycling between, you know, mania and depression, mixed feature states, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I look back and I see these patterns yep. that kind of happened. Um, and I have – there's about, I think over the course of my life, I would say I had about six people that I I loved and considered my best friend in the world and then ruined it and just, yeah, in a manic burnt state. It to the ground. none of them will talk to me anymore, you know? Um, yeah, you just burn it to the ground. It's it's almost like I understand why people in the Middle Ages saw... Died at 30. Middle, no. Well, that too. <laughs> um, I, I understand why they saw mental illness as demonic possession. Sure. Because... When you go into a manic state, you are a different person. Yep. Um, and of course, there's other worse ones, schizophrenia and things that I'm sure, sure. Like the, the demonic possession. But it makes complete sense that they would drill into your skull to let some of that energy or yeah. some of that mania out. Yeah. Like, I get that. Like, I want I, to do that sometimes. I, I had I had two interesting discussions with people. One before I was diagnosed, one after. But before I was diagnosed and, and I was talking to uh, a friend about this, they, they told me that they thought of me as, as uh, there was actor Brad and writer Brad. Oh. And writer Brad was like me. Like, right. that was the good guy. That was the guy that's, you know, he's a nice guy, likes to help sure. people, he's fun to hang out with. Actor Brad was this, like, cocksucker. <laughs> you know, he's just full of himself. He was just, you know... Manipulating people around him to his own ah, ends. I yeah. Love that. But and, uh, I also love that it's labeled like actor Brad. Like, this is what actors do. Actors yeah, yeah. Are- <laughs> well, one of the reasons behind that is uh, <clears throat> so it's common in a manic state, uh, you get what's called flight of ideas, where sure. suddenly you're having all these ideas and you want to act on them for people to start new careers. Yep. So I'm a professional writer, I'm a novelist and a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got three films shooting this year. I've got a book that just sold. Like, like my career is really like, it's in a great place. Yeah, it's going great. And last year, out of the fucking blue, I was like, I'm gonna start acting. <laughs> and I like, uh, and I, I went and I got I got headshots done. Right? And you know, there were all these like producers that I was like working with on other stuff who were like, Yeah, man, you should act. Now that you lost weight, you look pretty good. I put you in a movie. <laughs> hey, you wanna be in my movie? Yeah. yeah. Just always imagine them in like leisure suits with big cigars. Exactly. Yeah, that's of how, course. That's Chains how I talk. hanging over yeah. there below. Hey, you wanna be in the movie? <laughs> um, yeah, the motion pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that tight little butt over here onto my couch. <laughs> Um, okay, sir. Um, but, uh, I dreamed of coming true. <laughs> but yeah, so I just decided out of the blue, I was like, I'm going to be an actor because that's an easy career it's to dive easy. into. Let me tell you, someone who's been doing it in Hollywood for like 15 years is super breezy to just jump in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. come on, come on board, man. Water's warm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Mm-hmm. So there were these two distinct personalities that my friend saw. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know I was bipolar. They didn't know I was bipolar, but they saw that there were two people there. Yep. 
And then I talked to my friend, Charlie, who I was friends with in high school. And, um, uh, I'd called him up to talk. There was just some stuff that came up. Uh, his mom was kind of like a surrogate mom to me when I was a kid. And th- that stuff kind of came up in therapy. And I just wanted to call and talk to him in a while and just let him know how much his mom had meant to me. And so I'm telling him that I got diagnosed bipolar. And most people, when I tell them that, the reaction is like, really? I never would have guessed. Because they see, they usually see the calm me. Sure. You know? Sure. And so like that seems so wild to them. And at first that felt kind of good, but then the more I would hear it, it's like, how come nobody else saw this? Yeah. Right? So I call Charlie and I'm like, yeah, well, I got diagnosed bipolar. And he goes, oh, yeah, we always figured. <laughs> I was like, what? What do, you, what, do, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I always thought he used two people. And we never knew which guy was going to show up. Yeah. There was going to be the fun-loving, you know, uh, bouncing off the walls, telling jokes, Brad. Or there was going to be this just like dark guy who was obsessed with dark things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, Jesus, yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy because... Like, until you start talking to someone, like, medication's amazing. Everyone should be on it if you have any sort of mental illness. Like, did you not, it, there's a lot of stigmas against it. F those people, man. Just, like, if that's what you need, that's what you do. I digress. Speaking with a therapist and realizing that a lot of the decisions you made at one point in time were based off of, like, a need to be this person or a need to be that person. I mean, I think there's a right. lot of reasons why a lot of people in our career path or in our field, that's the word, not path, field, um, I believe have some form of mental illness. Yeah. And I don't mean that just because to be in this business, you need a mental illness, but because... Well, there's a lot of openly bipolar people in the arts. Yeah. Um, Selena Gomez, Stephen Fry, Richard Dreyfus, yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yep. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean... She was very open about it. Because Um, what you do is you feel the need to perform. Yeah. You feel the need to put on airs. Like, I'll tell you right now, I've been on, like, I'd say a half a dozen game shows while I've been in Los Angeles. And game show Adam and regular Adam are two very different Adams. And it's you turn it on, right? That's what I call it. I call it turning it on. And whenever I needed to be in a social situation where I was uncomfortable, I would turn it on. And that Adam is not an honest Adam, that is not a, yeah. a real person, right? That is yeah. what I've created or what I've uh, uh, developed. Or what the mania creates. Exactly, you know? exactly. And it's funny because once you get on medication, it's not that you can't do that. I feel like you're just more aware of it. Yes, you're, you know what you're doing. Yes. You're controlling it yes. instead of it controlling you. Exactly. I'm still mostly a fun, funny guy. Oh, all the <laughs> yeah. time, Brad, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Maybe a little charming. Maybe a little I don't charming. know. Every once in a while. Uh, but, uh, you guys can't see it, but the cherub smile right now on Brad's face. It's just freaking adorable. <laughs> but um, He's available for acting projects. <laughs> I'll send you my headshots. Oh, there it is. Because I bought the damn things. Um. So, uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can still do those things. You're just in control of them. Like, if I want to flirt with someone, right? I can flirt with them, but I'm no longer just like, like I used to, I used to do it like it was like shotgun approach. It was like I walk in someplace and it's like, there's a chick, there's a chick, there's a chick, and we'll flirt with all of them. And it's like, why? Wait, why? why would you I'm not that? even, like, I'm married. I don't even want to date right, you don't even want like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, it's, it's, <coughs> and it's nuts to me, right? Because you sit there and you approach the, the situation like um, this is, I think a great way you put it was like, mania has control of you. Yeah. Right? It's not you. It's the mania. It's a separate person. Mm-hmm. And once you start getting on a medication and once you start talking to people and once you start 
figuring out that your coping mechanism or your self-medication is not the right way to go, you start getting introspective and you start realizing in the moment and living in the moment. Yeah. Like what I will say about both of us, we're both intelligent people. And both of us, and I'm, if I'm speaking incorrectly about you, please, you know, shut me up. No, I'm intelligent. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're right. You're I, right. I, I, no, no, brilliant. <laughs> no, I meant, well, like, I'm in my head all the damn time. Oh, yeah. It, exactly. All the damn time. Like, doesn't matter who I'm talking to about whatever, I'm in my head. I could be thinking about the current situation. I could be thinking about, you know, the project I need you to do at home or whatever. But one of the reasons I recently started seeing a therapist is I got married not long ago. And I want to have a family. <laughs> Mandy and I uh, are talking about having a family. And I want to be present for my children. Yeah. Just like you want to be present for your children. And, you know. I don't God, know. Have you met my children? No, that's a good point. <laughs> good point. I kid. I love my children. They're fun. They're phenomenal. <laughs> They're great like, kids. You want to be present. And if the medication allows me to be out of my, helps me be out of my head, helps me to like, be like, you're not manic, you're depressive, you're even, so you don't need to have a million minnows swimming, swimming around your head all the time. You can yeah. have that one lethargic salmon going around and around and around. <laughs> Enjoying Batshit? Please like, subscribe, and share it on social media. If you have someone you think may need to hear it, we encourage you to share it with them and to start your own conversation about mental health. <laughs> one thing I had noticed... I've, I've always prided myself on being a good father. Sure. Yeah, you're No matter great. what else I screw up in my life, I think I'm a good dad. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, and he only s- has two kids left. He had eight at the start, <laughs> yeah, but these last yeah. two kids. These, these, these two, though, are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing good. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel bad for the other six, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. They'll find you, their way home or they won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, survival of the fittest. That's it. Uh, <laughs> but um, one of the things I noticed, especially last year, is I had a hard time being present with them. Yes. So I would sit down to play with my kids. They'd be like, I want to play. And I was constantly thinking of what I was doing the next day or this mm-hmm. person I had to text or whatever. And then would like play with them for like 15 minutes, then find an excuse to get up and walk away. Right. And since I've been on Lamotrigine, I'll go and I'll sit in the floor and I'll play toys with, with my kids for, you know, an hour. Right. And I'll have a good time doing it. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about all this other crap on my plate. Um, you know, you'd brought up something earlier I wanted to kind of circle back around sure, to, too, yeah. is the stigma behind medication. Oh, God. Yeah, I think please. a lot of that comes from, we touched on this a little in the first episode, but the idea that mental illness is somehow a choice, that like if you're depressed, you're choosing to be depressed, and this kind of homeopathic, hippy-dippy shit of like, oh, just clean up your diet and exercise and blah, right. blah, blah. You guys can't see us because this is a podcast. Adam and I are in excellent shape. Yeah, yeah, really. You know? Considering I'm 40 and you are... 44. 44. Yeah. We're in... I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in the Midwest, we're doing real well. Like, real, real well. And it's not <laughs> yeah. just because Brad is an actor who's available for any number of projects <laughs> if you want to reach out to him. But, no, but like, we, we know. Yeah. We know how to work. I work out five times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do powerlifting, strongman, I box, Yep. you know, um, my, my diet's on point. Yep. Like I, I went down, um, I was 320 pounds. Yep. I got down to 225. I've gained some muscle on top of that. So I'm uh, like 235 right now at about 18% body fat. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because if diet and exercise was all that would fix it, I never would have had this problem. Would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. Like you would have sit there and been like, okay, I'm in a depressive state. I'm heavy. I'm going to work out to the point where I'm not heavy, and now my problem's gone. 
Yeah, but that's not the way it works. That's yeah. like you saying, oh, man, you know, I have a sinus infection. You know what I'm going to do, dude? I'm just going to eat ginger until my sinus infection goes away. I'm mm-hmm. like, ginger helps. Ginger helps. Working out helps. Eating well yeah. helps. It is not going to fix the problem. Yeah. Because all that stuff might give you an extra 3% on top of what you're doing. But the medication is going to get you 85%. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with accepting that help because that's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's help, right? It is someone going like, look, man, you need help. And what's messed up about bipolar people is, and and this is just talking for Brad and I because we're the same in this regard. It's like we see people who need help and we're like, dude, what do you need? Let me help you any time of day. But if someone reaches out, and been like, hey, man, do you need help? No. Nope. Because you feel like a burden. Exactly. Yeah. I'm fine. I don't need this. Yeah. And so when the medication gets passed to you, you're like, nope, I don't need that. I'm fine. I'll figure it out on my own. I'll work out more. I'll eat better. I'll mm-hmm. get more sleep. And it, it, that is, there's nothing wrong with accepting help. Yeah. And medication is a form of help. And if you think of it as anything else, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Well, and with that, too. I think another misconception that leads to that is the idea that mental illness is psychological. Right. It's not. No. That's why you go to a psychiatrist who is a medical doctor Mm -hmm. because there are physical things in bipolar patients that we can observe and we can track. I've spoke before on how the amygdala in the bipolar patient is larger than the general population. They can put us in um, an MRI and watch the electrical impulses fire in our brains during an episode and in bipolar people the mapping of the that electrical impulses firing is different from in a normal person right our brains literally work differently and they can observe this the chemicals that get released when you're in a manic state you know we've talked about the dopamine and the serotonin and yep. the oxytocin that floods your brain it's similar to doing coke or falling in love right you know and um, these things are observable. They are observable physical phenomena. Right. So if you think that you can somehow decrease the size of your amygdala by eating beetroot, <laughs> you know, you're mistaken. Right. <laughs> look, look, at the end of the day, it's all chemistry, right? Yeah. There's a reason chemistry is a topic in high school, a subject in high school, like because it's science. All of this is scientific. If you are unbalanced, and which is bipolar at, at the end of the day one of the greatest simplifications of it is you're chemically imbalanced in your brain yeah it, you need to rectify it and the idea that not affecting it chemically will fix it is bs like yeah. it's just complete bs yeah and you know you can make the argument and let's let's take this to a, a physical situation because both of you and i you know we're both in shape we both try and eat well with exercise you know we take vitamins and all that if you want to get in really excellent shape if you want to drop that last x amount of body fat right you need to start taking supplements and i don't mean that like uh uh, you're trying to take like weight loss pills it's like you start taking things to boost your xyz right you start taking protein powder protein powder to help a creatine like any number of other elements that are going to help do the building that you want to do and that's that's such a good thing to to talk about too because um, I get the point you're making there where it's like you, you already take these things, yeah. so you're going to have to take some medication. But I also p- see people who will take that stuff. They will spend hundreds of dollars a month on supplements mm. who half of them probably don't work, half the supplements. Sure. Or half the people might not work. I don't know. <laughs> um, but half the supplements probably don't work. But they'll spend all that money on it. They'll do illegal steroids. Oh, dude. But they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
You want me to take Prozac? Right. <laughs> Dude, look, I smoke weed every day, yeah. and I'll put down a half a bottle of Jack, but I'm not taking Prozac. I'm like, what is... You know, side note, uh, something I found interesting is um, weed is uh, a common self-medication oh, for yeah. bipolar, but it triggers mania, which you wouldn't think. I, yeah, you it, would think it would trigger a depressive state. I had I had shingles uh, in 2020. And the only, by the way, shingles sucks. Uh, don't get shingles. I don't know how I got it under the age of 40, but I got it. And I got it on my head and my face. And it was some of the most painful experience I've ever, you know, ever had. And I've, I've been punched in the face in a ring. And having shingles was awful. The only way I could cope with it was an extra strength Tylenol and weed all day, every day. Yeah. And what I thought would happen is I thought, oh, I'd be like lethargic and in bed and whatever. Because I'm not a smoker. I'm a drinker. I had so many manic states yeah. during that time that I never expected to have. I remember there were times when my wife would be like, what are you doing? You should be in bed. And I'm like, yeah, but what about this idea for a screenplay? And I'm like, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. And pacing around, like trying to hang paintings on the wall when there's no need for it. Yeah. It's, you know, something you and I have talked about privately, but I, I want to touch on here because I feel like the medication, at least for me, has helped this a lot, is um, that when I go into a manic state, I know you said you've done this too uh, as well, when I remember what happened in that manic state, it's a third person memory. Yes. I'm not seeing it as though it happened to yes. me. Mm -hmm. I'm watching it happen. You know, I had a huge fight with a friend and, you know, destroyed our friendship. And when I think about that fight, I'm not in the moment. It's not a first-person memory. I'm sitting across the room right. watching someone who looks like me argue. And you're analyzing it, and you're breaking yeah. it down step by step by step, and you're like, oh, why did this happen? How did that happen? I'm like, yeah. dude. And that only happens with manic states. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I get that. Yeah. It's, it's a weird disassociation that kind of props up even more the idea that that's a separate person Yep. Um, that, that does those things. But I've noticed... That since I've gone on the Lamotrigine, I mean, I haven't had a manic episode. I've felt a couple coming on, mm. but because of the Lamotrigine, I've been able to, when I feel them coming on, be like, you know what? I'm going to go in a room and just be quiet for a few minutes and get control of myself. And I've been able to do that. Sure. But all my memories this year since I've started medication are all first person. That's amazing. And that's the first time in my life I've had that. That's super awesome. You know, it's funny that you talked about how, like, since you've been a little... Uh, Again, I keep calling it LeMcDoll. Yeah, that's Guys, the same it's thing. The same it's, thing. It's, it's the same thing, just so FYI. Um, ever since I've been on the LeMcDoll, right, or you were saying this, is that since you've been on the LeMcDoll, you've been able to be present, like first person, not third person. Your memories are all first person, right? It's now that I'm on the LeMcDoll, I'm sitting there going, when I'm at a manic, is this a manic state? Is this a manic state where I need to step away and be present? Uh, or is this just me being excited? And I think yeah. being present, like if you're in a first person point of view, right? And you're not outside of yourself looking in, if you're not watching this from the outside, I think that's a great tell that you're in a heightened state. That's not unnatural. It's not a manic state. It's you being excited about what you're experiencing and how you're experiencing, experiencing it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, and that's, um. So, so for, you know, talking more about the stigma behind medication, sure. I think another couple of things that uh, lead to that are one, um, medications that will cause you to, for lack of a better term, go gray. Yep. That you just feel just like numb, numb, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, and people hear those stories. Nobody wants to be like that. Sure. Especially if you're creative. It's oh, like, okay. I, I don't want to lose that, that creativity. Um, and then two, and I think this is related, is people who haven't found the right meds yet. Right. Because here's the thing. When you're, I mean, this is true if you broke your toe even, but especially with mental illness, it's a discussion. It's a constant conversation with your doctor. Exactly. It's an evolving state. Yeah. Like it's not one and done. You don't walk in there and go, okay, it's this, and you never have to worry about right. it again. Yeah. If your doctor puts you on lithium and lithium doesn't work for you for whatever reason, you're starting to feel numb, you're experiencing other side effects, don't just stay on it because your doctor gave it to you and don't just decide on your own to go off of it. Go to your doctor and say, this is not working for me. Can we try something else? Right, and it's a conversation. Explain to them why it's not working, how it's not working, or what Mm -hmm. you're looking for. You know, because you may have expectations that are beyond what the medication is going to provide. And at the same time, you may have... Uh, underestimated what the medication can do for you. Yeah. So understanding the limits of yourself and understanding the limits of our pharmaceutical industry uh, is important. And continuing to be someone who tries, I think that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, keep trying. Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep trying. And medication comes in a lot of different forms, and I encourage you to experience all of it. I Please talk to someone. And that doesn't have to be a trained professional. It can be a friend. You know what I mean? I I will say this. Brad and I talking and my psychologist and I talking are two very different experiences. Both are immensely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to people. uh, Seek professional help. Medication is not a bad thing. I encourage you, if you need it, get on it. And for the love of God, if you do research online, you can start with Reddit and and that stuff and see what other people do. But find peer-reviewed research. Yep. Yep. And PubMed, it's available. Most of the articles are free. You may have to learn how to read scientific research. Or, or read in general. We're not here to judge <laughs> yeah. you. You're yeah. listening to this. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, but don't just take what a bunch of dipshits on Reddit oh, say at face value. Because I've, I've been all over Reddit. Sure. And I'll tell you this. 80% of Reddit are 21-year-old guys who live in their mom's basement, and they're very angry about everything, and they develop what we talked about before, arrogant ignorance. Yeah, arrogant ignorance. And it's like, I am ignorant about this topic, but I think I know about it. Yeah. So if I just act as though I am 100% right, and I'm angry at anybody who who tends to differ with me, mm-hmm. then people will believe I'm right. right. And you know, unfortunately, that works. Yeah. People do. I want you to think about it like this. I want you to think about it like you put on a dress, Right, and you feel amazing, and you feel beautiful, and you walk into any situation. And Have I talked to you about? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that you look amazing. Like, yeah, thanks, thanks. You put on a dress. You look amazing. <laughs> you walk into a situation, and people start ripping you apart. People start judging you. They start, you know, devaluing you. But you still feel better until you start listening to them. Yeah. And that's how I feel medication works. Right, like if you walk in there and you're like, "Look, I'm on Lamictal. I'm on Wellbutrin." I feel better. And then you start listening to these trolls online who are like, you're doing it wrong. This is not a thing. Like, you can choose to feel better or you can choose to listen to the trolls. And I encourage everyone out there to just go with how you feel, please. Because part of being on this journey is acknowledging how you feel, not necessarily giving into it. You know right. what I mean? Like, if you're in a depressive state, you have to fight against it. You're in a manic state, you have to fight against it. But your fight is different yes. than a normal person who feels sad. Right, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. 
Yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. We encourage all of you to get on medication. Please talk to someone. It, if you want to message us, we will happily commiserate with you mm-hmm. or you know share our experiences with your specific situation. Because Brad and I come from two very different places, have had two very different life experiences, which are widespread. I would say that we've had a very eclectic life between yeah. the two of us, like yeah. very eclectic. So please reach out. If it's not us, a friend, uh, a trained professional, anyone, talk about it. And don't be afraid of helping yourself with medication. If you're sick and you take NyQuil, no one's going to fucking judge you, right? Right. So if you're sick and you need Wellbutrin or you need Lamictal or you need Lithium or whatever it is, if people judge you, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. And know that 90% of the time, the ones that do, don't have any clue what they're talking about. Yep. Yep. And I'll say this, you know, this is uh, one of the... The downsides to living in Hollywood Mm. is we're at the epicenter of people who think that if you chew beetroot and take silver iodide. Did you juice today? If you juice today, everything's fine. Yeah. Just make sure you get your cucumber in. And and so you you have to butt heads against that a lot. But there's – know that the research that's been done into this topic – is a hundred years old. Yep. And there's been tens of thousands of studies. And again, the medication you go on at first may not work for you. May not work. And it becomes a conversation. There's basically three types of medication they give to bipolar patients. There's um, antidepressants, mm-hmm. which again are meant to, as they, they're called, quell the depression. Right. Raise the lows. They can sometimes trigger mania in and of themselves. So a lot of times, people who go on just an antidepressant, they'll also give them an antipsychotic on top of that, which sounds scary, an antipsychotic, but that's meant to quell the mania. Mm-hmm. And in bipolar one, which thank God neither of us have. Thank God. We're both bipolar two. You can, the mania can get to the point where you have delusions, where mm-hmm. you think you're speaking to God. Um, and, and I'm just speaking to Brad, which, you know, someone <laughs> well, yeah. could consider God. <laughs> I was going to make a really like filthy joke there, but no, I'm, it's all right. Yeah, he, he's I'm, available for a film shoot <laughs> if you need an actor, by the way. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, the antipsychotics will take off the mania. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we've talked about Lamictal, Lamotrigine. That's an anticonvulsant that right. they usually give epileptics. And they found that because epilepsy is thing, the, the electrical impulse is misfiring in the brain, which is what's happening with bipolar people, right? that giving uh, an anticonvulsant can do exactly what we've talked about. Take off the, the lowest lows, the highest highs, and help you be calm and in control. So when you go to speak to your doctor, know that there are several options and several paths you can take. I am solely on an anticonvulsant. That's all I take. Adam's on an anticonvulsant and an antidepressant. Other people might need an antidepressant and an antipsychotic or might take all three. Yeah. But it's, again, it's an ongoing conversation. It's an experiment. Right. And you just got to you've got to commit yourself to it, but you will eventually find the right medication. I think we're lucky that we kind of found it out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went through uh, two years of playing around, but it wasn't anything out of left field. I uh, generally found it relatively easily. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I went straight on Lamotrigine because I, I had told my psychiatrist that I was afraid of losing my creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how, I, that's how I make a living. Sure. Um, and so I think that's why she wanted to try the anticonvulsant first. Yeah. But, and I think, you know, I will say this, if you're creative out there, we are in touch with 
all sides of ourselves because we have to be. If you want to be successful as a creative, you have to be able to look inside yourself and dig that shit up, right? Like yeah. that's what makes for a good story. Maybe that helped us find the medication that we needed sooner because we were able to better, you know, verbalize what we were going through. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with not being able to do that. But if you're not going to be able to verbalize anything if you don't start the conversation. Right. Yeah. So please, if you need help, seek help in any way, shape, or form. Medication is not the Antichrist. We encourage you to get I am the Antichrist. Brad is the Antichrist. He's available for any (laughs) projects you have coming up. (laughs) Guys, keep listening. I do parties, bar mitzvahs. Guys, keep listening. If you have... Any interest in bipolar and any mental disorder, we're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects. We're going to go over a lot of different things. A lot of it is going to continue to be our personal experiences, you know, but our personal experiences, I hope, will help y'all reevaluate what's going on in your lives and maybe, you know, take stock and make a change. That's, you know, our hope, I think, at the end of this. Exactly. This is something that I I wish I had stumbled upon a podcast like this last year. Yeah, exactly. I might have been diagnosed sooner and, right. you know, maybe maybe I'd have more friends. Oh, don't do that, Brad. <laughs> we all like Brad. <laughs> Guys and girls, thank you so much. <laughs>